Hey guys, it's not too late to start a subscription to one of our trading card boxes for yourself or that special someone. Swing by HeroHabit.com today, pick your favorite teams, and we'll send you a box of cards every month. We do the searching and sorting for you, and we randomly insert autographs, relics, and short print cards too. We have subscription boxes for baseball, football, and basketball available for $15 a month, and mystery boxes for music, TV, comic book, movie, and WWE, which uh, have a guaranteed hit in every box. Oh, and did I mention shipping is free? Visit HeroHabit.com today and sign up using coupon code PODCASTS to save 15% off your first month. That's HeroHabit.com, coupon code PODCASTS to save 15% on your first month of boxes. Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I am Tony Fry, your host. Thank you for joining me. If you would like to be a part of Kinks and Beats Daily, send me an email, kinksandbeats at herohabit.com, or call me at 925-494-1739, and just leave a voicemail about your least favorite or favorite music from the Kinks or the Beatles, and a brief explanation why that you feel so strongly one way or the other on a song. doesn't have to be something we've covered. Um, doesn't have to be something we haven't covered. But I want to hear from the people that are downloading this podcast. Uh, today, we are talking about Free as a Bird by the Beatles. It was released December 4th, 1995, uh, backed with Christmas Time is Here Again as the B-side. And marked the first single to be released under the band's name as a new song since The Long and Winding Road in 1970. There had been singles along the way. Uh, uh, I, I Got to Get You Into My Life was a, a, a minor hit in the 70s, for example. So there, there were times when the singles were released of old stuff. But this is the first new song in 25 years. 15 years after... The murder of John Lennon, and it was uh, used as a promotional device for the Beatles anthology uh, film project. For people of my generation, the Beatles anthology film, movie, TV documentary was uh, kind of a definitive moment in Beatles fandom. I was in the eighth grade when that show came out. I just started listening to the Beatles. Might have been a freshman in high school. I don't remember. I started listening to them in the eighth grade, and uh, and that, that and that and it was about the same time that this uh, had come out. So by the time the anthology came out, I had a couple albums on CD at that point, um, but I still didn't know a ton about the the band. This was in the early days of the internet. So it wasn't like I could spend all day on Wikipedia that didn't even exist or, you know, comb through YouTube videos. So a lot of what I knew about the band came from this, uh, documentary series and a lot of the music that they used in that documentary, especially the live footage, but even some of the recorded stuff, I didn't know cause I hadn't gotten to, purchasing you know the white album or let it be or whatever i i didn't own them yet because i was having to wait for christmas and birthday money and things like that so the beatles anthology was big and i remember when this 
video came out. I think it was the first night of the documentaries. It was it was run over several nights, and uh, George, Paul, and Ringo are sitting around the table, and they kind of introduce this video, and it opens with this just these two drum hits that are simultaneously. You immediately know it's Ringo, and you also immediately know that it's a Jeff Lynne production. Because the his attack of the snares is very distinct, and and Jeff Lynn's recording of snare drums is very distinct, and a lot has been said about uh, Jeff Lynn's kind of heavy-handed production on this retroactively at the time. Uh, I like it, and if we're being honest with ourselves, had John lived, and the Beatles gotten reunited uh, on their own. There's a very good chance Jeff Lynn would have been their producer. You know, he was working with the biggest acts of the day. Uh, his sound was a hit-making sound, whether it was George Harrison, Roy Orbison, the Wilburys, Tom Petty. You know, he was producing records that were hits on the radio. Um, and George Martin was losing his hearing. So... At some point, this band was going to need a new producer had they um, been a recording unit in the 90s. And it's a very possible thing that uh, Jeff Lynne would have been the one. The song peaked at number two in the UK and number six in the US. And uh, that means that in the US, they had a top 10 hit in four different decades at that point. 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. So that's cool. Uh, it was originally composed and recorded in 1977. So this was during John's um, sabbatical from recording. He didn't record new material for the last half of the 70s. Um, so he was still writing, contrary to what he says in interviews, where he said he didn't even touch a guitar or whatever, he was still writing and recording, as we've seen from the number of demos that came out um, and then the wealth of material he had when he went into the studio to record Double Fantasy. You know, he had... A lot of songs. It won the Grammy in 1997 for Best Pop Performance by a Duo Group with Vocal. So, uh, you know, it was a big hit. It was the Beatles. It's the first Beatles song. Now, people complain. You read reviews. People say that it's too dirgy, that it's uh, uh, too slow, too melancholic throw that all out the window. I don't buy it. Um, this song, there are moments when this song still chokes me up. How many years later? Uh, the performances are emotional and heartfelt. Uh, the contributions by the other three Beatles. This is song, the song, the sheet music, I actually own the sheet music from the time was credited as original version by John Lennon, Beatles version by Lennon, McCartney, Harrison, and Starr. So this is a unique songwriting uh, credit for this tune because this song is not finished. So when they set out to set out to do these this project, uh, the Threedles, as they were called, uh, went to Yoko and asked if she had any uh, unfinished John demos or whatever. She gave them four tracks. 
they worked on, I think they only worked on three of them. Two of them got released. The tracks were Free as a Bird, which we're talking about today. Real Love, which we will talk about eventually. Grow Old with Me, which I don't believe they ended up doing any work on for whatever reason. And then Now and Then, which they did do work on, but George was just not feeling this one. So that would have been on the third volume of the anthology albums had they finished it. Um, so Yoko hands over these these tapes. Jeff Lynne tries to clean them up as much as he can with mid-90s recording technology. They add their instrumentation on top of it. But this song wasn't finished. Real Love was pretty much done. This song was an unfinished song. So the bridge um, that you hear, Whatever Happened To, which you hear Paul sing first, and then George sings a, a condensed version of it leading into the guitar solo. That was a new uh, addition. So in a lot of ways, this is a very traditional Beatles song. John came in with half a song. Paul and presumably George finished the song, You know, added their bits to it. There's also the guitar solo is in a totally different key. The whole thing plods along mostly in A. Uh, sort of goes a F sharp minor. It's basically the stand by me chords, right? A F sharp minor D to E. Let me get the guitar. Do I have a pick nearby? Yes. So stand by me. That's a F sharp minor D and E. This one changes the D to a D minor, which is a cool sound. So we've got little F sharp, F, E movement in there. So that's different. But then um, for the guitar solo, they switch to C major. So we come in, we're coming out of the bridge. Whatever happened to life that we once knew always made me feel. And then they switch to C, A minor, F minor. So it's um, it's the same chord progression, basically. Just so you've got a C, we're going to call that one. We've got a six chord, the A minor. Then we have a minor four and then a five. So it's the same chord progression. They've just shifted to a different key. And it's kind of a weird shift to go from A major to C. It sounds beautiful when they do it. But they work to it from the bridge. Um, and then using an E uh, suspended four to a uh, regular E chord as a dominant, which it's not. doesn't have a seventh. But they're using it uh, to really pull you into that C major tonality. So it's, a, it's an interesting little hook. So that's a new contribution to the song is this shift into a, a new key. And then they go back into the regular key as the, as the last verse. Listen to this song though. You know, people say real love was the one that sounded like a Beatles song. I think that whole phrase sounds like the Beatles sounds like the kinks is so stupid. Does strawberry field sound anything like she loves you or long and winding road. Does you really got me and and 
Victoria and Cricket sound anything like the Kinks? Right? There are they, both bands are so distinctly different from song to song. There is no definitive Beatles sound. Right? 1966 Beatles doesn't even sound the same as 1967. 1969 Beatles doesn't even sound the same as 1969. The Let It Be sessions are four weeks before the Abbey Road sessions, and those two albums could not sound like two different bands. You know, they 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 don't sound alike at all. So to say that this doesn't sound like a Beatles song is garbage. It's a that's a a, a boring take without a shred of uh, of uh, I don't know knowledge of music maybe. It's like as George Harrison said, it sounds like the Beatles because it is the Beatles. It sounds like them in 1995. It's John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, Ringo Starr. It is the Beatles. Who else would it sound like? That is them, right? But with John Lennon's 1977 songwriting um, sensibilities and 1995 production sensibilities and the 1995 musicianship sensibilities of George, Ringo, and Paul. So listen to this song, Full Blast, on headphones. George, on top of some phenomenal slide work, I would argue... No, I'm not going to make that argument. I was going to say some of his best slide work, but then everything he did on Imagine by John Lennon the slide work on that is amazing. There's slide, amazing slide work throughout his whole solo career. But there is, you know, you talk about While My Guitar Gently Weeps. This song, his guitar, lead guitar, is just weeping through the whole thing. And he's picking out these blue notes and he's he's holding on to long tones and then at the very last minute letting it slide down out of pitch. You know, he is just crying through that guitar. And it's masterful, if you ask me. It's beautiful guitar work. But beyond that, if you listen on the headphones, it's more apparent. He's doing some arpeggiated stuff uh, underneath the verses that differs every verse. So sometimes it's just straight arpeggios, you know. I don't have the music in front of me to see exactly what he's doing. Um, but sometimes it's just, you know. Stuff like that. And then sometimes he's doing. It's a little bit more complicated. And then he comes out of the solo and he's just doing his old darling. Right? So he changes the support structure of the song on every verse, which is very cool. Very, It's a very mature guitar thing to do. Um, and, it, and it adds a little life to the song that does kind of plod along because Ringo's doing a very basic beat. Paul's doing a very basic bass line. Um, but you've got this, this differing arpeggiated chords uh, in the guitar line. The background vocals on this are stunning, especially when you get to the guitar solo. Um, George is delivering this screaming slide guitar solo, and you've got this beautiful counter melody 
with the the background vocals, which are probably just George and Paul, because this is not from John's recording of it. Uh, and I don't hear Ringo's voice in it. But they're beautiful. And show, you know, that those guys, no matter how much time has passed, those guys will always sound good together. You know, Paul sings lead underneath John um, kind of as to boost the vocal because it wasn't a great recording. It was done in mono, so John's piano and his voice are linked together. And it was done on a home cassette recorder, right? This is not a studio demo. So Paul kind of double-tracked a lot of John's vocal and... A lot of times you can't tell because their voices sound so good together. Paul and George sound great together as background singers. Like the the voices, the the way they play together as musicians, never goes away. It, you know they they fall right back into their place as a band, and and that's really cool to listen to. And then George's vocal on the bridge, um, because he does the condensed one, so it's got kind of a little bit more soul to it than Paul's does because he's amping it up into the guitar solo where Paul's is just a straight bridge. Um, but George's voice on it sounds great. The whole recording sounds great. Uh, so I don't buy this. It doesn't sound like the Beatles. It sounds exactly like the Beatles because it is the Beatles and it's a great tune. Um, real love might be the poppier song. It might be the more radio-friendly song. Maybe it should have been the one that they did first as the single. But this is a solid, solid piece of work. Uh, the video for it is very cool because it um, it's a like a bird flying through London, Liverpool, whatever. Um, but it is filled with Beatles references, visual references to the Beatles songs. You know, like they come across a car crash. A day in the life. And then as they're going away, you get um, four policemen standing in a row. Like, I'm the walrus, pretty little policeman in a row. Right? So there's all these visual gags that are references to Beatles songs. And you could sit there and watch that video over and over and over and over again and find new little bits and pieces that are cool references. It's a very cool video. And then the end, you know, the song ends... And then there's the drum hits and it has like a Strawberry Fields kind of fade back up and reprise. George featured on some ukulele and then some backwards John Lennon voice, just straight talking voice where he says, uh, as I hear it, you know, played the correct way, turned out nice again. Did you dig it? But they played it backwards. And it accidentally sounds like, can you dig it? I am John Lennon. Which is very cool. And and they claim that was an accident because, I mean, it is a background, a backwards vocal. Uh, in the remix for the one video uh, thing a couple years ago, they actually turned it back around straight. And you hear it turned out nice again. Do you dig it or whatever? It kind of fades out. Maybe he's not saying, do you dig it? But there's a little tag after turned out nice again that to me sounds like, did you dig it? Can you dig it? Something like that, which is something I could hear him saying. Um, so it's a it's a genuine reverse track thing that just happens to sound like he's saying his own name in it. So that's cool. So that's Free as a Bird. Um, 
I always like this song. Like I said, there are times when it just hits you just right with the guitar and the vocals and all of it. And it's a very emotional sounding song. Um, Maybe one of their most emotional sounding songs. All right. Tomorrow we are back to the kinks. And I don't really have a good tease for this song. So you're just going to have to tune in tomorrow. Again, give me a call. 925-494-1739. I want to hear your thoughts about kinks and Beatles music that we've talked about. That we still have yet to talk about. Whether you like it or not. I want to hear about it or email me kinksandbeats at herohabit.com. And uh, if you swing by Hero Habit, if you're listening to these in real time, we are in December. Today's December 5th. Um, A Hero Habit, I'm doing a series of articles about the best Christmas albums of all time. We've covered the Jackson 5. We've covered Phil Spector. Um, So I've covered uh, Christmas albums by questionably horrible people so now we'll move on to other things and then i I will also do a compilation of the best just christmas songs right because uh um john lennon's song does not appear on a christmas album for example so we'll do a compilation of those so swing by hero habit for kinks and beatles material but there's also other musical articles articles that might be of interest to you and um make sure you swing by itunes and leave me a rating and a review and subscribe the uh, the ranking on the charts has nothing to do with how many downloads we get. It's about new subscribers and uh, uh, ratings and reviews. So that helps us a ton get more visibility. And that's what we want here. All right. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks for hanging with uh, a little bit longer episode. Have a great day. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes.